Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. <sighs> crowd goes wild. Oh, we got the crowd back. Hell of COVID. That's right. Oh, man. Live studio audience loving us. Welcome to the Greatest Story Never Told podcast, episode number 61. 800 people packed in here, and we only have Whoa. space for 150. Whoa. We don't care. Whoa. We, yeah, we're, uh, it's a new year. It's if a new you cough, house. you get shot. That's right. Uh, welcome to the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. We do have another unofficial sponsor here. This is very nice. We are kidding. It is, uh, guys, my name is Stitch G. Stitch G. Sorry, man. I'm just cleaning the house. You keep going. And I'd like to be an unofficial sponsor of your Greatest Story Never Told podcast. <laughs> As you can see, I donated $100. Hopefully, all the people donating help those who need it. I just uh, finished listening to the entire podcast in two days. Wait, like 60, 60 podcasts good. in two days. I'm a long-haul truck driver. Recently realized what I was missing during my drive time. Got burnt out on my books and music and realized the Radio.com app was uh, missing. So I rediscovered the app and the podcast. I was uh, dying listening to those stories. But I have to say, Thrill's childhood would definitely be something worthy of being some show on Netflix. Or no. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely. Love you guys. Y'all always bring a laugh and good story. Keep on rocking, doing uh, what you do. That from Stitch G, who donated $100 to the Fisher Thank House. Thank you, Stitch. Yeah, you can do the same. If you just uh, make a local donation to the three Fisher Houses in the area, we'll make you the unofficial sponsor of the podcast. So. Would you want them, uh, say Netflix approached you and said, hey, we want to do a show, you know, loosely based on your childhood. But right. we're going to, because like The Rock has a show out now, it was something like Young Rock, Little Rock, whatever the hell it's called. You know, it's, I'm sure there's some fiction added in, but essentially based on real experiences. And my thought would be, no, no, absolutely not, man. Yeah. Because yeah. there's even stories we can't tell here. I mean, seriously, we powwow and go, hey, man, this would be a great story to tell. Then we're like, you know what? The timeline, the circumstances, and the crimes involved, let's not do that. But what would be the title of your Netflix show? If the Netflix based, show based on your life throughout your entire childhood, like day one to day now. What would they title oh, that Netflix Jesus. show? From day one to day now? That's right. You know what? This is going to sum up everything that's going on, gone on through your life. All you the big what? events. Honestly, uh, at the point I'm at in my life now, it would just be called, Can You Believe It? Nice. <laughs> right? I mean, just, can you believe it? Because mm-hmm. there are days where I, I definitely think, I, I cannot believe that our show is successful. Not because I dislike our show, but because I'm involved. I cannot believe I am a parent. You know, with kids that actually live in my home and recognize that I'm their father. I mean, it takes it takes you back a little bit. Yeah. And then I can't believe how many things I not quite lied to my kids about, but how big of a hypocrite you become. For example, hey, you have to get your homework done. I know you don't feel like doing your homework. Typical parent stuff. The truth of me is I never did homework. And I refused to do it because, again, my working mantra was, if you're not paying me, I don't take it home. Mm-hmm. If you can't tell me in class... I'm not taking it home. And that was my stance. It still is my stance. But now that I have kids, and it's like, hey, this is your responsibility, man. Yeah. You need to do your homework. I can't blah, believe blah, I blah. can't believe how many things I forget. That that that's that's what really just takes me back a little bit as far as my memory in general. Something will stir my memory and I'll go, Oh yeah, I remember that now. Sure. But I, I would never remember it on a cold call, just just in my brain in general. And the more I just read certain articles or whatever, I realize some of the interviews that we've done that I just completely forgot. Completely forget these So things, in other man. words, the other day I'm on BroBible.com, which is a great website, and they're talking about, you've heard of the beer mile. Beer mile is you run uh, once around the track, you chug a beer. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you start chug with a beer that you chug, right? Then you run another lap, another lap, four laps around the track's a mile. So every time you come around, you drink a beer. Well, I'm looking at this article on these guys who did the Big Mac mile. 
and what a terrible idea it was. So they start by eating a Big Mac. All right. Then they run around once, and they eat another Big Mac. Then they run around again. They eat four Big Macs in the course of one mile. It's called the Big Mac Mile. And, and they, they're saying, and these are professional runners, how just much this sucks. And I'm reading the article, and the guy's name is Nick Simmons, who's doing this. Okay. And I realize that Nick Simmons came on our show. He's an Olympic runner. He had run gum. He was on our show? Yes. Now, see, I'm not the only one that, that forgets everything. So this guy was on our show. Remember, he had the run gum and everything else. I kind of remember run gum. Very cool dude. Uh, but he was the guy doing this. And I thought to myself, that's right. <laughs> that guy was on our show, came in studio, was an Olympian, was doing some stuff here in Seattle. And I was like, oh, God, I t- completely forgot, right? So we have a bunch of those. Yes. Over the years that we have uh, forgotten about. And today we're going to feature one of those long lost interviews from way back in the day. Now, this goes back to our days on Out to Lunch in Baltimore. And we had a comedian in studio named Yakov Smirnov. And depending on your age, maybe you've heard, like Mike said, man, I know the name, but right, you can't place the face. You're young enough that this guy wouldn't matter. But he was huge in the state. Basically, he defected from Russia, right? So during, like, the 80s, that was always a big deal. That's, you know, America got to flip its bird to uh, the Soviet Union, as it was then. And he became a comedian. And that's what he was specifically known for the fact that he was a Russian dude that defected and was pretty fun. And he did. He came to the United States in 1977, could not speak a word of English, learned English from watching television, Mm -hmm. as a lot of people do. Uh, He actually uh, is Jewish and grew up in Odessa, Ukraine, which is where my wife's family is from. Okay. So... Uh, believe it or not, he uh, kind of bought a theater in Branson, Missouri. And Branson, Missouri is kind of like a mini tourism town for people who come on buses, a lot like Nashville. It's like an old person Vegas, though. Right. Right. There's a few casinos and comedians like him will perform. But because of this theater he bought there and the fact that older folks love them some Yakov Smirnoff, like this town is kind of blown up, man. Right. And he had he had a streak there until the fall of, of Russia and communism there. So up until that time, he was very popular, and he kind of broke into uh, the lexicon of Americans with a movie, Moscow on the Hudson, which starred the late Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. And Ted's favorite, uh, Rosie Perez. Yes, exactly. So so he was kind of, okay, I don't know if you remember any of these movies, but he was in Buckaroo Banzai. I remember the movie. I don't. I remember the name. He was in Brewster's Millions. Okay. He was in the, the, the Money Pit. He was featured many times on the sitcom Night Court. Uh, Johnny Carson used to have him on constantly mm-hmm. on The Tonight Show. Uh, so this guy was, you know, he he had done some things, but he was in town, and I guess he was doing stand-up. I don't remember why the hell we're talking to him. I, I don't know. But either way, uh, we're going to go back in time here, and we have not heard this. Keep in mind. We, we have no idea where yeah, this exactly. goes. We sound younger because we are. We're probably a little more edgy because we were. But let's go back in time uh, and uh, listen to a little of our uh, time with the one and only Yakov. Smirnoff. Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, behave. Now more of the best about to lunch. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now more of the best about to lunch. FM, FM Talk. Live. Live 105.7. Now in the studio, very happy to have, ladies and gentlemen, comedian extraordinaire, Yakov Smirnoff. Thank you for joining us. Wow, sounds like a little kid. Hello. What is this we're listening to here? Some uh, Russian music. I'm trying to make him feel at home. <laughs> Thank you. Snow, snow is enough. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think things have changed since yeah. you were last there. I Obviously, so. this is uh, this is not what you grew up to. I'm assuming. Uh, it's an Americanized version. It, it is a Russian pop song. Okay. 
That was our producer in the background. The only Russian band I know is Tattoo. Yeah. Is this them? No. Oh, they're not together anymore, nor are they lesbians. Who knew? <laughs> wow. Jesus. Hey, they admitted it, man. And you know what? That was a real shame. It's really, and because I got a thing for Russian lesbians. Don't ask me yeah. the connection. God, it. It's just there, man. Yakov, Yakov in town, though. One night only. Saturday, February the 14th, Morris A. Mechanic Theater. Tickets Jesus. on sale through Ticketmaster, a 14481 seat, and Ticketmaster.com. That theater's since been torn down. <laughs> <laughs> it's not there anymore. We sound young and energized, don't we? There's we so much, so much like energy. Kids, man. I know. Okay. Um, is this the one man traveling show? Are you out there all by yourself? It's me. It's just me, and uh, it's a it's a st- one man show based on my life story. I auditioned and I got the part. So <laughs> of your own life, story. <laughs> nobody else showed up. Wow. Right? So it's not much yeah. of a stretch for you then compared no, to some of your other it, roles. No, but it was a production. It was a it's a play that was on Broadway originally. It was six week limited engagement, but then New York Times raved and uh, gave it a great review. So it was extended another six weeks so now i'm touring it around the country have you gone back to the old uh, i I have i have i've done i've gone back several times but last time i was there was last april and uh the changes are hard to imagine you know for me growing up i never thought that would change but now it, it had and my kids because they are growing up with me telling them all of the stories, you know, how how we stand in line for food, you know, and uh, living in a in a communal apartment with nine families sharing one apartment. My parents and I um, shared the bedroom till I was twenty six years old. This is not I'm not making this stuff up. I'm really and I'm sorry telling about my that. kids. I know. And there and when when my parents wanted to be intimate, they would send me to look out the window. Ah. And, then, and then and then my dad would say, So what do you see in the window? I said, Our our neighbors being intimate. And, and, and he said, How can you tell? I said, Because their son is looking at me. <laughs> so my kids grow up with listening to all these stories and we get right. to to Moscow and we're staying in a nice Marriott hotel and there's no food shortage. There's, it looks totally normal. And my kids are looking at me going, you're making this stuff up. There is no way. So, but then little by little, they, they go, oh no, maybe you're right because the toilet paper, there's no two ply. So they want to come home. This yeah, is so it. That, no cottonelle in yeah. Russia right now. No. no. You, uh, 1977. Yes. You came to the United yes. States. Yes. Just uh, in time for Saturday Night Fever, man. Now that is timing. You, you hit perfect. The, you hit the, the disco craze. <laughs> now, were you His besides laugh. a uh, uh, submarine captain? Were you the first uh, <laughs> Russian defector? I guess from the entertainment standpoint. In other words, when you go home, I would have to think that you are just you know, I mean, known everywhere you go. I don't think so. No, because uh, in those days when you left. It was like you're a traitor. You don't. They did not give you any publicity. There, you were out, and I was okay to be out because you know I with that upbringing and all of that. I and I was a comedian in Russia, uh, successful comparatively. I was in the, working on the cruise ships there on the Black Sea and the Love Barge. I called them the, the Love, love, yeah, the love, the love so, Barge. So that's now, right. Were you hooking up on the Love Barge? Uh, I was hoping, but I, the American women were there, and I liked them right away. And so that I had an idea going, well, maybe I should go to America. So wait, the women, American women, essentially, are, are what drove you to want to well, leave the country? Come on, be honest, man. You know, uh, listen, we got no beef with that. Okay. I understand. Okay. okay. But because, did you see Russian women those days? Back in those days, we pictured, honestly, put it this way, like during the Cold War yes. when I was a kid. Yeah. If uh, you're watching like a TV show yeah. and they talked about Russian women, basically right. they hired a man 
and stuff the bra. Okay? <laughs> so our impression of Russian women were that they were the ugliest things under now, nowadays right. you yeah. talk about Russian women. Right. Now all of a sudden Gorgeous. they're like the hottest chicks in the world. They right? are. But you see the, you saw the big burly ha- hairy women. <laughs> the women and, with penises we called them, yes. That's well but the, but the beautiful women were always there. They were just standing behind those <laughs> big and burly women. That's why you couldn't see them. But I think the lifestyle changed tremendously sure. and uh, I think that's affected the women are beautiful. They just were um, with all the food, bad, bad food and shortages and hard work. That's how they turn out. So, And, and now, I guess, for the most part, the, the, the people who are, uh, or the Russians who are being uh, uh, smuggled into this country, I guess, yeah. are uh, but done so mostly underground by that uh, organization, the NHL. <laughs> which is uh, code uh, secret, uh, I, you know. So thanks. I guess a lot of your hockey friends are uh, coming to your show. Which brings up this interesting question. Yes. Now, if your family was still in Russia, uh-huh. would they do that Russian mob thing to you where they shake you down and say you're going to kill your family if you don't pay up in a hurry? It's a possibility. I did not. I didn't check. Yeah, and I did because not want to call no, anybody no, and say, right. would you do that to my family? Please. <laughs> right. But, but that's, a, that's a seriously huge problem it for a lot a of people who are here uh, from Russia uh, as far as uh, what's going on back home, it, especially if you're making money. Right, right. You know? That's the only that's the only people they're interested in. But I did not sense that when I went back. There was people asking me, you know, were you in danger at all? I didn't sense that. But uh, obviously, it is a problem, and it's been brought up. The Russian mafia is pretty brutal. They'll they'll you know they'll kill you. They'll they'll make you stand in line before that, <laughs> but they'll kill you. I mean, so so that's out there. I just didn't feel that. I felt. Um, when I came here, my parents came with me. We had a good travel agent, so we got <laughs> we got uh, but we well, uh, were lucky. Yeah, we draw, didn't yeah. speak English, didn't know anybody here. Sounds lucky. Well, lucky in terms of lucky how America embraced us, and right, right. Uh, but it was hard work. I mean, watching you know TV to learn. I watched TV like. 24-7 to watch the, the to learn the language. Then I realized it was a Spanish station. But, uh, <laughs> Telemundo! Sorry, mi amigos. I was a little slow. You, you hit but, the punch before I thought you were getting there. Too quick for me. No, it's all right. I'll point it out <laughs> right, to you if you, you want to use those yeah. things. Although I would not? say this. If anyone else were coming to America now, I would probably recommend that they learn how to speak in America by watching Telemundo. Yeah, what kind of shows did you watch? Honestly, I mean, what, what, in what, Russia or here? No, here. What here? did you watch? Well, uh, at first was like cartoons, uh, just to kind of understand basic English or Sesame Street was a, a big thing for me. But then it upset me because uh, the big birds spoke better than I did. Right. And, and so I'm thinking, I'll never make it in show business. But then I saw Sylvester Stallone movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt All right. Hey, now. I made it. I made it. And Arnold, too. Yeah. But now, that, you are right now. I know you've written some books before. And yes. you're working on a book right now. But yeah. the, the preliminary review of your book, and I'm just here to help. Okay. Just here to help. Uh, the preliminary <laughs> review is that it is borst for the soul. Yes, now, yeah. as a friend, I want to let you know, those of us here in the States, that ain't good. That ain't good. That's a turnoff. That's okay. like saying it's the fried liver how, how of about, the how about, Chitlins. Go how about, Chitlins. How about Smirnoff for the soul? Would that be better? Write that, you know what? I guarantee it down. fly off the shelf. <laughs> borscht. Why borscht, man? Well, borscht, it's a, it's a famous Russian dish. Yeah, but it doesn't... No, you say it doesn't grab you. Borscht for the soul. Yeah, it doesn't grab you. That's a book I would never buy. Okay. okay now, what's well, your book about, man? What, what are you it, writing about? It's, uh, it's really stories, kind of a, a 20 stories 
of how um, life lessons, gift wrapped in laughter. So it's kind of a, it has the chicken soup for the soul feeling. But this That's is more borsty. Uh, yes, but I think I, I already kind of saw the writing on the wall that I'm going to come here and you're going to give me the bad review. So it's already in the works. It's smear <laughs> enough for the soul. It's done. It's right. a done deal. Borscht for the soul. Yeah. I would recommend the chitterlings for the soul. Chitterling. It, it's, it's spelled chitterling. Just so you know, uh, since we interviewed Yakov Smirnoff. Tell me he's still alive. Yes, he is. Okay. Do you know what he's gone on to do? I have absolutely no idea. Sadly. Yeah. He, uh, right after we interviewed him uh, in 2006, probably three or four years later, he went on and enrolled at the University of Pennsylvania. All right. UPenn is a big deal as far as getting into a school. Sure. This is a guy who didn't even speak English in 1977. He went on to get his degree, his master's in psychology. Damn. From the University of Pennsylvania. He then uh, taught classes at Drury University along with Missouri State University. And then he went on to get his doctorate in psychology and global leadership from Pepperdine. And he graduated last year. We haven't done a goddamn thing. Can you believe that? He got his master's and his doctorate since the time that we've been in Seattle. We just do fart jokes. Right. I mean, <laughs> like, that's pretty impressive. It is Knock impressive. Smirnoff. Okay. Our, really was, can, uh, uh, our voices sound much different, but the way we interview apparently has not changed at all. Not too much. No, it's about the same thing. God, there we sound go. young. God, we were. That was so much His fun. His laugh then. cracks me up. We used to get laid. We used to get drunk. We got stoned. We'd eat chicken wings. Now we got kids, and we go home, <laughs> right? And we pray to God that maybe we'll get like a, an old fashioned or something in the morning. <laughs> that never happens. Nope. You get woken up in the morning, and God, man, life sucks. It's changed, oh, man. Really, it does. It I has know. changed. We used yeah. to have so much fun, and now it's just like the fun police came in and took all the fun away. Yeah, it's called marriage, right? Exactly. Family. <laughs> Damn you. Damn kids. Yeah, was good time. I should be on a drug bender right now, but no, I'm yeah. helping you with homework. Right. There you go. Episode number 61 of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. We'll bring you some more of these old interviews and we dig them up uh, as we can uh, find them along the way and remember some of them. Maybe. I do not remember interviewing Yakov Smirnov. I, I vaguely remember hearing that he was going to come in. I do not remember the moment at all. And even hearing, yeah, like nothing came back. But again, it's because we were drunk and high all the time. Exactly. There you go on the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh, man! A Double Flush Production.